how to write songs from an amateur's perspective, my perspective. Today's episode is about the four critical things that I believe are necessary to start writing songs. Hello, welcome to the Love Circus podcast. My name is Mike Brady. I'm the host of the Love Circus. It's my creation. I started it a couple years ago. And in case you've just stumbled across me, the podcast, not sure what it's about. I'll spend a little bit of time uh, here briefly talking about my backstory, who I am, uh, what deems me a person of, uh, I guess, expertise enough to talk about this topic. Um, and we'll dive into it from there. All right. So a little about me again, my name is Mike Brady. I'm a 45 year old aspiring professional songwriter. That means I write songs all the time, and my goal is to become a professional paid songwriter. And so um, how I arrived at that, that's a different story. Um, Plenty of podcasts probably in season one and maybe even a couple in the beginning of season two that dive into it. But long story short, um, lifelong musician, lifelong lover of music. Um, always been involved in, in music in, in some way, shape, or form. Um, spent 20 years of my career outside of music, doing things in corporate America to feed my family um, in sales and marketing and uh, construction and electrical and you name it. I mean, uh, kind of a, a just a, a all kinds of things. I worked at Starbucks at one point as a store manager, um, had three failed uh, startups, tech startup that failed, uh, most recently an electrical contracting firm that that grew pretty big and then uh, ended up falling flat on our faces and lost uh, a lot of money and a lot of people's money. And uh, yeah, so I found myself at 43 years old starting over and uh, a couple mentors, a couple people that were advisors to me in my last company said to me, Mike, we can start over. We can start this thing from scratch, but you need to take 30 days and you need to evaluate what's, if you could, what would you do? If you had the chance to start over, would you do it all again? And so after, you know, contemplating what they were asking, I really just came to the conclusion that no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do it. I, I realized this is the one shot that we get. What what do I love? What are my passions? What feeds my soul? Um, you know, aside from obviously my faith in God and my family, um, who, wh- what is my personal mark that I'm going to leave on this world? What is my body of work that I want to leave as a legacy outside of my family? And um I just came to the realization that I love storytelling. I love creating. um, I love creating community. And I love songwriting. I love music. Um, And so at uh, the age of 45, I decided, you know what? Let's put your money where your mouth is. I, I've been in bands. I've uh, written songs with friends and bands and, and put out an album a few years back. And, you know, but... Never got to a place in my life where I said, Mike, this is who you are. This is what you need to be doing. And I feel like that's what God's calling me to do. I feel like that this is what I'm I'm supposed to be doing in my second act or my next chapter. And so here I am. I'm 45 years old, and I've devoted myself and and dedicated myself to uh, become a paid songwriter. Okay. And so what does that mean? It means that I'm still a musician. I'm putting out music of my own, um, but 
there is uh, a piece of me that would love to be able to create and write music uh, professionally and have known artists um, cover those songs or, or uh, you know, um, um, take those songs and record them. And so um, they call them cuts, right? You want somebody to cut your song. And so um, that's what I'm aspiring to do. And I, first off, I, I, I'm not a trained musician. I'm not a trained vocalist or songwriter. I've taken vocal lessons, but uh, I would in no way, shape or form call myself um, a, a professionally paid musician. Um, I guess some would argue that, yeah, you get paid to play music, so you're a professional musician. I personally don't see myself as that. I see myself as a as an aspiring musician songwriter, and so um, I am 26 days into a personal challenge where I'm writing every single day. I'm spending an hour a day doing writing. You can listen to episode two or one or one of those of the second season that talk more about my 90-day focused creator challenge. But um, today I'm specifically going to talk about the four critical things that I think you need in order to be, uh, in order to start writing songs. And so um, this is me after evaluating the first 26 days of this challenge. And so let's start. um, And again, there's a lot of tools and resources available to you to, to write music. Um, and I'll spend some time at the at the end of the episode talking about like the actual resources and tools you need that are critical and interchangeable um, that you uh, that will help you write like instruments or or writing apps or, or things like that. But specifically what I want to talk about and focus on today is I think the four kind of intangibles that you need um, in order to start writing your own music, okay? Number one, the number one intangible that I think you need is personal inspiration. Okay, what do I mean by personal inspiration? What's what, what are you drawing your ideas from when you write this music? Are you drawing it from personal stories? Are you drawing it from memories that you have or dreams it could be a love interest that you have um, or your kids or heartbreak or anything that's personally related that you can draw from that gives you that internal inspiration to write about it, to tell to to tell the world about it. Really, that's what you're doing, right? Or maybe you're inspired by other people's stories, um, historical events. Uh, make-believe scenarios, imagine your imagination, you know, movie writers, people that write movies, the, the, <laughs> Quentin Tarantino, he's not writing and, and directing these movies uh, based on his own personal experiences, at least I hope not. Um, but, uh, you know, so uh, there's fictional stories that you can create. I have a good example. I just finished a demo two weeks ago it was the story, the song is about a family that was moving west in, wag- in covered wagons in the 1800s um, to get to Oregon, right? To, to, uh, to get out of the, the east and get to Oregon. And it was about all of the, the trials that they experienced along the way, um, sickness, death, um, you know, running out of food, money. Um, and you know, that obviously wasn't a personal story that I had. Um, 
it was what I envisioned maybe my ancestors went through. Although, now that I think about it, I don't think my ancestors came west until the 1900s or something. So in cars, maybe, or trains. But nonetheless, I was inspired to write that story, um, funnily enough, because of the Yellowstone prequel, 1883, right? That Taylor Sheridan uh, creation, that uh, 1883, which stars Tim McGraw and Faith Hill. I freaking love that. It's uh, it's a great prequel. I, I don't know, six or eight episodes. But, you know, it made me kind of just pause and reflect on what those early settlers must have gone through to get to the West Coast, right? Obviously, if you know the story of, of 1883 and Yellowstone prequel, uh, without spoiling it, I'll spare you the details, but they don't end up in Oregon where they were trying to get to. They actually end up in what's now the Yellowstone Ranch or Montana. And so um, this song that I created or wrote was a, a direct kind of my interpretation historical interpretation of what I think a family could have gone through getting West. And so that was a fun song for me to write uh, because I truly was really inspired by that Taylor Sheridan prequel of 1883. Um, And so it could be about anything, right? It could be, you have to have that personal inspiration. Um, other inspirations that I have that that I'm writing, I just finished a demo last week, a song I wrote for my daughter. It was a letter to my daughter. So that song was inspired by me having all of these thoughts and feelings that I wanted to share with my daughter as she's out in the world exploring her life. And so um, I had that uh, personal inspiration. So I don't think you can write music without having some type of inspiration um, it is, it is something that is so, uh, at the core of how humans connect. Um, does that make sense? So art, art as a whole, right, is, is something that you can say is a thread of connectivity, if that makes any sense, amongst humans, right? And so, Um, The fact that I can go to a dance party or put a song on the radio, radio, uh, the the, the Bluetooth speakers um, and be drawn to that song and want to move my feet and dance or sing along or feel like crying or feel happy and joy and jump around. The fact that there's something that can do that to me emotionally is unbelievable. And that only stems from the person who created that piece of art being inspired to, to, to create it, right? And so inspiration, first and foremost, I think that is, that is one of the, the critical elements. Uh, the second thing, so that's personal inspiration. The second thing is musical inspiration, okay? What genres of music are you drawn to? What specific artists do you like? What types of songs do your artists that you like write? And what do they sing about, right? Um, Something that comes to mind for me, genres. Um, I was three years old when I first started 
re uh, um, regurgitating, not regurgitating, is that the word? Um, dissecting lyrics to Beatles songs. You know, I memorized songs like Yesterday and Love Me Do and I'm Happy Just to Dance With You and all of these Beatles songs. I just learned them inside and out. I was so drawn to their style, right? Um, so that that early 60s, mid 60s, late 60s style. I'm a Beatles fan. I love the Beatles. They're my favorite band ever. Um they're they're a huge inspiration to me in in melody, in um, vocal patterns, in um, lyric writing and storytelling. They are a huge inspiration to me in um, the way I, I structure my songs, chord progressions, but also how I structure them composition-wise or, or when I go to um, record them. Right. Um, I'm trying to think. Harm- harmonization. Thank you. Harmony. Harmonies. <laughs> Harmonies. Right. I draw all of my harmony inspiration from the fact that you had three, four guys able to sing harmonies on these records. And so um, any chance I get <laughs> and the guys in my band crack up because literally like the very my favorite thing to do when we record is the harmonies right i love when we get to the spot where we're recording harmonies and that all stems from my musical inspiration from the beatles and so country music i have a huge country music uh inspiration right um i love how country music is uh, a genre that just draws from personal emotion or experience and makes you feel like you're in the song. Um, that is, to me, the ultimate storytelling genre, uh, country music. Um, and so, you know, the songs I'm writing now, I am so inspired by artists like um, Zach Bryan or BJ, uh, BJ from American Aquarium, uh, you know, all, all of these, um, Wade Bowen, all of these guys that are, uh, just crafting these stories and and making them so relatable to you. Um, of course, you know when we talk about musical inspiration, we can't have a conversation without bringing up the one and only Bruce Springsteen, um, and of course Bob Dylan. But Bruce Springsteen more for me because um, it's more closer to to my uh, age group, uh, my generation. Bruce Springsteen is the ultimate storyteller. There is nobody who can tell the story. Of, of blue collar America like Bruce Springsteen. And so um, hugely inspired by his lyric writing, his style, his, um, his, um, just, just all of it. And so, um, you know, what types of songs do you, uh, do, do your favorite artists write? You know, do they write first person songs, you know, personal reflection songs, are they talking? Are they telling stories of other people? Third person? Are they doing first person narratives? Like what? What are the types of songs they're writing? Um, and so what I'm doing is I'm writing um, a love song right now, right? A country love song, 
And I'm inspired by somebody like a Zach Bryan because he's writing a first-person love song to somebody, right? Um, and so that's kind of where my inspiration of writing the song I'm writing right now is coming from me writing a letter to my wife or me writing a letter to my daughter or, you know, me writing a letter to my son, okay? And so musical inspiration is number two, and that's a huge huge uh, thing that you need to have and rely on in order to write music or write songs. All right, moving on to number three. Number three is the right mindset, okay? You have to be in the right mindset to write songs. Um, And, you know, we can talk about, well, okay, let, let me rephrase that. This isn't making sure you're in the right state of mind, like you're emotionally stable. Because I don't think there's a there's a songwriter out there that can say that they're emotionally stable all the time, right? Um, and some of our greatest pieces of work maybe come out of times where we're emotionally unstable, where we've just like gotten to our wits end and we're just stuck and we're just crying out to God, okay, take it all. Like, what what do you need me to do, Right. Like that's a it's a very emotional uh, state that you're in, um, and sometimes your best art comes from that state. And so that's not what I'm talking about as far as mindset goes. I'm talking about more of a student mindset, right? More of being in the the frame of mind of of failing. Um, learning, those types of things. So are you willing to try new things? Um, Are you willing to not be married to an idea um, over another idea? Uh, For instance, if I've had this lyric going through my head for a week and I know that it sounds great in this melody and this is a, oh, I just know that this is the first line of that verse and I, I chew on it for a week, and then I sit down and I start to write the song, and that line doesn't fit, or the song's taking me in a different direction. But I still love that line, and then I say, wait a minute, maybe that line isn't the first line of the verse. Maybe that line is the first line of the chorus. Wait a minute. Maybe that line is just the chorus. Maybe that is the only thing in the course, those four words. You know, so having that that growth mindset, that that uh, mindset of trying different ways of doing it, because you've been married to this idea of that first line being the first line of the first verse for a week, but not until you really started to, and I believe the songs reveal themselves. I think that we're kind of my personal idea is that we are vehicles of which these songs are meant to come into the universe. Um, and so, you know, I think those songs reveal themselves. And as they do, you have to, as the, the vehicle, be able to adapt your mindset and and maybe try something do, n- do, new, do something new. And so are you flexible? Are you willing to adjust your idea? Or are you willing to change the theme of the song? This, a lot, this happens a lot. When you're writing a song about something and then all of a sudden you go, wait a minute, this song isn't about my high school football team. This song is actually about the girl that I fell in love with my senior year. 
that's what the song's about, right? So are you willing to to adjust and be flexible or shelve one idea because it's taking you to another thing that is a whole new idea, right? Um, that That is so, so critical. Um, if you're not in that mindset, if you don't have that growth mindset, that student mindset, that learning mindset, then you're never going to be able to get over the hump and complete something because, or, or, or it'll something that you'll, you know, ultimately be able to uh, hang your hat on and be proud of, I think anyways. Um, and then finally with that mindset, like the other thing with the mindset is, you know, do you have the ability to say, this is it, this is finished, it's done. It's time to move on to the next song, right? Um, so many people are perfectionists and they want to tweak one line here, one line there. Um, and they want, they end up spending a month on a song and, you know, some songs do take that long to reveal themselves, but the more songs that I'm writing, the more I'm starting to realize finishing a song that is mediocre is better than not finishing a song. That's great. Does that make sense? Um, and again, professional songwriters, correct me if I'm wrong. This is this is my point of view, uh, you know, super early in my journey of being a, a professional songwriter. So there's plenty of people that could probably prove me wrong. But my thought is a, a song that is, is not quite where I think it should be, but it's finished to a point where I can lay it down and move on to the next one. It's better than having a song that's 75% of the way done that I think is amazing that I've spent three months on that I just can't figure out. And so there's a time and a place when those songs will reveal themselves and, and you'll come back to it and finish. But the right mindset is having the ability to stop and move on to the next thing. Because if you don't, you will just always be stuck with a 75% finished song. Okay, that's the mindset. You have to have the right mindset. I'll have all these broken down in the show notes. And so you will uh, be able to just go back to them. And uh, maybe I'll turn them into a blog post or whatever. Um, All right, so the next thing, the number four thing, the final thing that I think that you need to have in order to, again, we're talking about the four critical things needed to start writing songs. The fourth and critical thing that you need to to start writing songs is to actually have time set aside, dedicated, focused time set aside, planned out, timed with your timer to focus on writing. Okay. So there's a difference between always writing and, uh, you know, or writing down lyrics or singing melodies or chord progressions into your voice notes. I do that all the time. Um, So there's a difference between that and actually spending the time to develop a song and and finish or complete a song. And so it's not until you've uh, uh, personal experience, right? I didn't do that for the better part of, I've been writing song for 25 years. Okay. I can show you behind me, under me, in the closet, stacks and stacks of notepads, books, 
journals, diaries with lyric ideas, song ideas. And that's just what they are. They're ideas. Until I sat down and said, Mike, I want to be a professional paid songwriter. Okay, what am I going to do? What am I going to sacrifice in order to do that? Well, I'm going to set aside every single day, and it starts with this challenge that I'm on, 90 days straight of devoting one hour a day. That's not a lot of time. For, for me wanting to spend a career being somebody who's paid money to develop these songs and write them, um, I'm only devoting one hour a day. I should be devoting eight to 10 to 12 hours a day doing that. And that's what I'm planning on working up to. There, there would be nothing better than walking into my studio at eight in the morning or five in the morning. Uh, I'm, I'm an early morning guy, so I get in, you know, 5 a.m. into my studio, my workshop, my office, whatever you want to call it, my workstation, fire up the laptop, grab the guitar, and just start riffing on ideas and do that maybe until about 10, um, have breakfast, come back finish some ideas, be finished around noon, one, go work out, come back in the afternoon, lay down some demos, finish around four or five. There's nothing that I would rather do than spend all of my time doing my my job like that. Um, but for now, because I'm building up to that, because I'm trying to balance that with with helping my wife with the household, with helping to earn a little money on the side. I'm the director of, of music and worship at a church, so I have a few part-time jobs. I'm also creating content for a couple different brands, and so I'm doing things to earn money on the side. Right now, I'm devoting one un... What is it? Uninterrupted. Uh, uninterrupted, thank you. Um hour a day to writing music. Okay. So it's not until I started doing that, um, that I actually started finishing songs. Okay. So my challenge is challenging me to complete one demo a week, which means I have to have at least one completed song a week. Um, I have an hour a day that I'm writing. Most of these days I'm not completing a song. But I'm getting 75% of the way there. And then the next day I come back and I start a brand new song, 75% of the way there. So when it comes time to do that demo of the song, I have to pick one of those songs and complete it. And that's the song that becomes the demo for that week. So um, I have hundreds of voice notes and lyric notes and books and all those things with unfinished ideas. But now I have 26 days in a row of one hour of writing song ideas, I have, out of those 26 days, I think I have six completed songs, and three of them have been turned into demos, and one of them has been uh, recorded and mastered and will be released on all of the platforms this next week. And so, um, you know, that's, for me, that's light years ahead of what I did for the last 25 years. In the last 25 years, let's see. Uh, well, let's go 20 years, okay? Because I stopped playing music professionally. I was in a band in LA. We put out some music. We toured. Um, I stopped doing that at 23. Um, I put a record out at 23. I was uh, 2000. 
in 77, I was 20, no, 97, I was 20. So 2000, I was 23. Okay. So not until 2013, I put out a record. So it took me 13 years to put out 10 songs in 2013. And then between 16 and 18, we put out another six songs as a band, another band. Okay, six songs, by the way. So that's 16 songs between 2000 and 2023. Um, In the last 26 days, I've completed six songs. I've demoed three of them, and I'm releasing one, all in the span of 26 days. So focus time, dedicated focus time is, I'm telling you, that is the magic bullet to all of it. If you don't have that, you don't have anything. All right, so let's recap. Here we go. The the four things that I believe are critical in order to start writing songs, personal inspiration. That is uh, the ideas. Where are your ideas coming from? Musical inspiration. What what are you drawing your style from? Um, What artists are you trying to model yourself after? Or where are you getting your style, your specific style? The right mindset, the student mindset, the learning mindset. Are you willing to try new things? Are you willing to say, this is it, I'm moving on to the next, or are you going to be stuck in this mode of not ever completing? And so um, the right mindset is number three. And then finally, number four is dedicated and focused time. So, so critical having that time. All right. So as promised, I told you at the beginning of the episode, I was going to get a deep, not not really deep dive, but just spend a couple minutes on some of the practical tools, the, 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 the nuts and bolts of the tools that I'm using to create and write songs. Okay. So let's start with instruments first. I'm going to make this really quick so you guys can uh, go about your day. But uh, some of the instruments I'm using, I am not a piano player. I've never played piano on stage. Um, However, I do use the piano to write uh, melody ideas, to write chord progressions. I have a cheap Yamaha um, keyboard. It's I don't know, 50 keys, 70 keys, whatever it is. It's my kid's keyboard. It was $100. It doesn't have weighted keys. It's super basic. I use that to find melodies if I'm in a pinch. Um, I also have, and for those of you watching this podcast, I have this uh, MPK Mini, uh, this MIDI that is a USB keyboard that I love. Um, It's kind of like a Swiss Army knife. I plug it into my computer and use that with the software that I use. And so um, that's what I use uh, instrument-wise, keys and pianos, uh, percussion. I'm a drummer by, by training. It's the only instrument I ever took lessons on. I got my first drum kit when I was four years old, a real drum kit. Um, and, and so I'm deeply rooted, rooted in rhythms and beats. It's the first thing that I'm drawn to when I hear any new song or a song catches my ear. I'm all about the beat. My wife will say, oh, I just love the song. Oh, this song makes me so sad. And I'll be like, Oh, I was just, I like it because the beat, I didn't even listen to the words. I literally never listened to words of songs. Um, And so I'm just caught by the rhythm and caught by the beat. And so for my beat making, I will tap on my desk into this microphone to get a beat to, um, or I will tap on the, the, I don't even know what you call it, the back of my guitar, the, the butt of my guitar 
<laughs> I'm so not a technical person when it comes to musicians. Um, you know, the big body part of the guitar. That's what I tap on. Or I, again, will use this uh, MPK Mini uh, to uh, create beats into my software. And so that's what I use uh, percussion-wise. Um, I'll get into uh, um, BPM here in a minute, but finish up with uh, instruments. Acoustic guitar, I have two guitars. One of them is this one you see behind me. Uh, maybe you do, maybe you don't. I don't know. It's a $600 Martin guitar. It was a Martin GPX 1AE. Again, I am not a gearhead. I have no idea about guitars. All I can tell you is the body is small. It's super lightweight. I can hold it on stage for three hours and jump around and it sounds great. And so it's my go-to. It's broken right now. The pickups in it aren't working. And so I have it here in my workstation. And I'm miking it up with this podcast mic, funnily enough. Um, it sounds great. I love playing it. Um, and then my second one is this Epiphone big body J200EC. And I love this guitar. I bought it strictly for the looks because it looks like a guitar Noel Gallagher or John Lennon would play. I love it. It's very British looking and uh, it sounds great. And what's funny about those two guitars, when you pick one or the other up, you I personally am inspired differently. I'm inspired to play different chord progressions, to sing different melodies. They, give, they both give me di- different inspiration. And so, um, that's the guitars. Um, all right. So, and the other thing I use is a capo. Um, let me grab my capo. All right. This is a, an American flag capo and I, uh, found it actually. I don't even know where I got this one, but it's mine. And so I use a capo. It's a quick and easy way to change the key of a song without having to teach yourself, all kinds of crazy chords. I am not a chord guy. I can tell you I'm three chords in the truth. I am a pop song like that is I'm just a student of pop music. I will not write songs that step up or step down. I will not write songs that have seven different chords in them. I just I'm not that talented. And so I use a capo and I stay to four chords, maybe five if I'm feeling really frisky. Uh, but the capo is my best friend. And if it's good enough for Keith Richards, it's good enough for me. Um, All right, apps and software that I'm using. I use this app on my phone called BPM Tap. BPM Tap, I looked for it uh, before the show to kind of get some more details on it. I can't find it in the App Store anymore on the Apple uh, App Store on Apple iPhone. It's probably there. I just don't know where to find it. But if you go and look in the App Store, there's plenty of free apps for BPM. BPM, in case you don't know, stands for beats per minute. Um, I use it. I tap on it, tap, 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 and it tells me what the beat per minute is. Um, and so if I'm, if I'm starting to record a demo or, um, I want to explain to somebody how fast the song is going to go, I'm going to be you know, picking that BPM and, and using that BPM. So, uh, 130 BPMs, right? 75 BPM. So that kind of explains 
how fast the song goes, the, the tempo of the song. So I use a BPM tap app on my phone. That's hard to say. Voice memos, I use it daily. Anytime I'm driving, anytime I'm just inspired, I have a melody in my head, boom, voice memo. Or I have a lyric in my head, quickest thing, voice memo. Use it all the time. Uh, it's Apple has it on their iPhone. It's free. Um, I'm sure Androids have it. I'm sure your computer has it. There's just a way to record audio into your phone. Camera on my iPhone. I'm using my iPhone to really just record everything these days because it can be turned into content. Um, and so I record videos um, of, of song lyric ideas, melodies, progressions, um, ideas, and turn those into clips for social media, turn them into clips that I could send to uh, co-writers, um, all kinds of things. And so just your standard camera phone. Apple Notes, I have a folder labeled Lyrics on my notes in Apple. I can pull it up from my desktop computer or I can pull it up from my phone. Um, if I was super organized, I would drop my audio notes for that song into the note theater that I've created for the song, but I'm not there yet. Um, so, um, you know, that's something that I'm striving to be more organized with. Logic Pro X is the computer program that I use to record all of my audio uh, demos. Okay, I'm recording this podcast into Logic. It's Apple's um, big, uh, it's their version of their fancy recording software. Uh, it's $250, I believe, in the, in the App Store. Um, it's amazing, and it gives you professional-grade quality recordings if you know how to use it. Um, I am quickly uh, brushing up and getting better and better daily by continuing to use it. So I love it, um, Logic Pro X. There's a free version of Logic Pro X called GarageBand. It comes standard on an iMac or an iPhone or a MacBook. Does anyone have iMacs anymore? Uh, MacBooks, um, your your uh, iPads, uh, you know, GarageBand is Apple's kind of out-of-the-box free program, and that works just as well to do all of it. Um, what else? Oh, and I'm sure... Uh, any platform that you're on, any uh, whether it's Android or Google or Microsoft, any of these things have some type of recording audio uh, software that uh, you can purchase or um, use. All right, hardware that I'm using, I'll do a separate podcast on hardware um, that really deep dives it real quick. Microphone, I use this podcast mic for everything, my vocals, my guitars, my podcasts, all of it. So it's a Yeti blue mic. It's probably eight years old. It was $129 when I bought it brand new. There's probably better ones on the market. Um, you could find used mics for under $100. You could find brand new mics for under $100. It doesn't matter. Just, um, you know, if you get into a spot where you want to start creating more and more professional grade stuff, yeah, I, I would suppose that at some point you'll, you'll know when you're going to need it. But I don't know enough now to know when I need it. Does that make sense? All right, interface. I use this Focusrite interface. It's a third generation USB interface. It was $119. This allows me to plug in a other microphone if I want or some type of uh, XLR cable in here for an instrument or another line, uh, quarter inch line input. Um, this goes from the instrument to here into my computer. 
So it plays nice with my software that I use. All right, the speakers I have, I have uh, speaker or monitors here that are PreSonus uh, Aris E4.5 powered monitors. They were 100. I bought them for $90. They were on sale for $90. Um, I saw them listed for $149. They are, they sound amazing for the price. They're exactly what I need for my little workstation setup. And, um, all right, moving on video, doing the video, doing the audio. Uh, I have an iPhone uh, Pro Max 13 with the smallest memory. I think the cost is like $32 a month on my T-Mobile plan that I have. Um, if you're if due for an upgrade or you can trade it in, it can be less, but um, it's, to, I mean, now they have the 14, but the 13 is the best microphone, the best camera that you can buy um, for the money. It's insane. And then finally, my computer, I think it's like a 2018 MacBook Pro, $1,200 MacBook Pro. It has the smallest memory and processing. It's not a very robust. It's literally doing anything that I need it to do, however. And so that is the gear. That is it. I hope I've given you enough to get started or, or maybe help you along your journey of becoming a songwriter or starting to write songs and maybe maybe you just want to do it because you just love music and you just thought that it's always been something that you've wanted to do um i've got an uncle who is by trade in audiovisual and he is uh one of the most inspiring artists i've ever met he is a creator of create he's just a creator at heart anything and everything he does he just started writing and recording his own music in the last five six years i think he's 60 years old now um and so you know it, it's fun to watch uh, people that uh are just going um into this new realm of creativity later in their life and so it's fun um, and so that's what I aim to do with this podcast is inspire you guys, maybe help you along the way, give you all the, the personal growth things that I'm going through, my challenges, my struggles, um, the things that I'm finding helpful or successful. Um, and, you know, and really just to kind of help create that community of of like-minded people that people that might be thinking the same thing that I'm thinking. One thing I didn't talk about today and I'll spend um I'll spend another podcast doing this is is the 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 people that I'm inspired by that are helping me on my journey. I want to do a separate podcast that focuses on that. Um there's there's a lot of Instagram and YouTube creators that I'm kind of relying on on a daily basis to just give me inspiration, to give me um, guidance and support, and really just continue to, to help build in a thriving community of people like me and so that I'm not feeling like I'm out on this island or weird. And so that's hopefully what I'm doing with this podcast. I, uh, I want to thank you guys for, for being a part of it, for listening. Again, this is the Love Circus Podcast. Uh, my name is Mike Brady. You can find me um, all over the internet, uh, my Instagram uh, is at not the only Mike. Um, my YouTube channel is at not the only Mike. Uh, where else can you find me? I'm Twitter at Mike D W Brady. 
Um, I think that's it. I've got this podcast. It's called The Love Circus. It's available on iTunes. It's available on Spotify. It's available on Amazon, on Google, all, all over. And my music is coming out. A uh, new single is going to be out this week, uh, next few days, actually. You just uh, look for it on Spotify, on social media, anywhere you just listen or stream music. It's under Mike Wright Brady, M-I-K-E-W-R-I-G-H-T-B-R-A-D-Y. And the release, the single that's coming out is called Green Lights. And so um, I hope you guys get a chance to listen to it, stream it wherever you stream anything that you stream. If you have uh, any suggestions on things that you want me to cover, I'd love for you guys to send me feedback. You could just simply message me on any of those platforms. You could send me an email, mikedwbrady at gmail.com. Nothing fancy. It's just my name. Um, and I'd love to connect with you and, um, share ideas. That's what this is all about. All right. That's the show for today. Looking forward to uh, getting this out there to you guys. And I will talk to you again later.